welcome back. I'm Jen, VP of Deliverability and Industry Relations here at Kickbox. I woke up jazzed today because I knew I'd be talking to our guest today. Please welcome a familiar face, Ron Dorsey, joining us again from Ergo. And new to the series, Matthew Seifert from Pretty Litter. Welcome. Welcome. Hey, thank you for having me. Yeah, okay. thanks for having us. Uh, happy Monday, if that's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Today, I wanted us to talk about DMARC and BIMI, not so much what they are, because that's a very technical discussion, but instead why and how you implemented them and any issues or considerations that our guests, um, that you guys have come across that you weren't really prepared for based on what's documented today or kind of just the high level process that you were provided when you started rolling these out. So basically, what were your lessons learned as you implemented both BIMI and DMARC? But first, Matt, you are new to the series. So please, can you tell me a little bit about Pretty Litter and what you focus on as Senior Director of Retention and Monetization? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Pretty Litter is a health monitor in cat litter, which is delivered directly to your door. Um, and it changes colors when it detects any type of uh, urinary abnormalities. Um, so uh, what I do here is, so as you mentioned, I'm a Senior Director of Retention and Monetization meaning that I own everything customer. So anything post-purchase, um, whether it is from the commun marketing communication side, so um, think marketing channels, email and SMS. Uh, so it could be transactional messages, uh, shipment confirmation, order confirmation, all the way through uh, blog emails, newsletters, um, down to win back. Um, and then the other side is around customer support. So I'm also responsible for, for the customer support uh, team um, at Pretty Litter. Oh, that's awesome. You cover quite a few things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, Ron, so thank you again for joining us. Can you remind everyone what you focus on as Director of Lifecycle Marketing at Ergo and any big news since we last spoke? Sure, happy to. So yeah, I manage our email and SMS communications from post-lead acquisition all the way through purchase, onboarding, maintenance, and, and the rest of that lifecycle. And really, since you asked, I think the most appropriate update is that we have successfully secured our verified mark certificate and made the changes to our BIMI record so that we are now fully supported at Gmail. That's awesome. Wonderful. So that's a great transition as we jump on in. So again, I invited you both here because based on our conversations previously, I thought you had a lot of great experiences and information about implementing these protocols and questions that came out of those conversations and things that we've learned. And I thought that what came to surface was really interesting and others could really learn from it because on the surface, all of these protocols seem very simple to implement. There are just a few steps and then you're, you're done, but there's a lot more to it and a lot more nuance. So as a quick summary for those listening in uh, about DMARC and BIMI, DMARC is an acronym for Domain-Based Message Authentication Reporting and Conformance. And this is an authentication protocol that allows senders to receive reports about what is and isn't authenticating. And that helps to close any infrastructure gaps, identify streams that maybe you aren't aware of that are going out and need proper authentication methods. It also alerts you to any domain spoofing and the, the level of spoofing that might be occurring on your domains. And then it also allows you to post policies that you can request mailbox providers follow if certain, or I'm sorry, certain authentication protocols aren't passing. 
BIMI or brand indicators for message authentication, identification, sorry, is in my view, the bonus for protecting your email streams with DMARC. It allows a sender to put their logo into the email applications on both desktop and mobile. However, BIMI is only available for those who have a DMARC record at enforcement, which means that you don't just have DMARC, but that DMARC has a policy that's either set to reject the mail or quarantine, which essentially means bulking it. And currently only Gmail, Yahoo, and Fastmail support BIMI, but I know there are more providers looking into this authentication protocol. And if you have any customers in this space, and I know Gmail and Yahoo are really a large audience, this is something valuable to look into so you can get those coveted brand impressions. So now that we got kind of what is it defined and out of the way, Matt, I'm gonna start with you. Um, why did you decide to implement DMARC? So uh, definitely best practice. Uh, we, as we started to grow as an organization, especially from an uh, email side, uh, we were looking, you know, to really just protect the domain and just make sure that, you know, with the spoofing and any um, issues that we potentially have with people, you know, sending against our, our email or domain, um, we started doing it at a corporate level. So we started looking at our um, corporate domain which is prettyloader.com. So we thought it just made sense to start looking at our email domain also. So, um, you know, we were excited to start looking into it. And then also BIMI was a huge bonus for us. We, we absolutely want to add um, our logo to um, our email sends, you know, specifically for those ISPs. Excellent. And that sounds very similar to reasons I hear for other um, companies that deploy DMARC, um, best practices, and BIMI. But again, I really like the idea that it's this way to protect your brand so that others, you can't prevent them from spoofing you, but it's good to know who is spoofing and if there's other protocols that you can put in place or education for your customers. So I think DMARC's really informative in that manner. And then your security team can take it from there if there's some egregious issues going on. Um, so I put together a little slide um, that will visually show DMARC setup steps. So we can talk a little bit about that. I'm gonna pull that up really quick and share it. Okay, so DMARC can be a lengthy process, even though, um, as you can see, there's relatively few steps. And again, there are some prerequisites to DMARC as well. You need to have your basic authentication protocols in place. And it's not just that they pass, but that they align. And that's what that little image is there showing the arrows that what your customer sees as the domain matches what you're actually authenticating the message with. And then from there, it's basically adding, updating your DNS and, and watching it. So it can be lengthy, but not necessarily from the number of steps. There's relatively few steps, but a lot of the time for, for some senders, it's the monitoring that takes up the most time for uh, the, the process to make sure everything's there, if you have to make any corrections with your infrastructure and so on. So Matt, with the process that you went through, again, you were doing it for best practices and, and BIMI, uh, how long did it take you and how did you monitor the progress and impact so that you knew, okay, we're, we're in none and we can move to an enforcement policy of either quarantine or reject? Yeah, so we were super lucky. Uh, we had a, a great ESP partner that we work with that was um, really kind of took the lead on it. So we uh, reached out to them and said that we were interested in doing this. 
um, and they had a whole deliverability, deliverability team and a security team um, since we already delegated the domain for them uh, on the email side. So um, they pretty much took it and ran with it. They did all the reporting, uh, the monitoring. It took probably about six weeks or so for us, I would say roughly. Um, but every time it moved into a different phase, they would notify us every couple of weeks. Um, so yeah, I mean, we were just, again, very, very lucky that we had a really good partner that kind of helped us uh, work to implement it. That's it's a great point that you have is I think a lot of times people maybe won't go forward with DMARC because they don't know where to start. So going yeah. to your provider and leaning on them to do the heavy lifting, I think is some great advice and a great place to start. Um, so Matt, did you roll this out on any subdomains or just your organizational domain? Um, great question. So uh, subdomain uh, for the email. And then we did also do, because we do have an organizational domain, um, which is our prettylitter.com, which is our main domain um, that also is the domain that we have our emails on for from a corporate perspective. So we actually did it on both, but the ESP actually helped us on the subdomain level. Um, that was The other one was done at a different time. <laughs> okay, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, so you had told me before you had changed domains, correct? Mm-hmm. That's correct, why you yes. have different domains? Correct, uh, yes. And and so you have your DMARC on your current sending domain for your mm-hmm. marketing efforts. Um, and you've, one of the things I noticed when we talked about this before that I wanted to point out that if others do this, because I think there's a lot of struggle of changing domains and making sure you keep that authentication rolling with it mm-hmm. to have coverage every there, everywhere, is that you actually connected the two by, if you go to your current domain, which was prettylittercats.com, Correct, it yeah, will redirect correct. you to your new domain. Correct. And I yes. think um, that was, it's really great tip for anyone who's uh, updating their domains because spoofing happens on your own, but then you have malicious actors that try to take your domain and change it ever so slightly so that they can still authenticate on their side because they own the domain, but it's actually not you. And so being able to point your old domain to your new one creates a little bit of um, security or um it creates a path for your own customers to say, this truly is the domain they just rebranded. Agreed. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely agree. And I think that too helps you with your DMARC because now that you have a potentially new domain or your old domain, and you know, is anyone going to take advantage of the fact that your website is different? So I think that helps with reporting and understanding what's going on with the activity on your, on your business too. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent agree. Um, so Ron, I'm going to pivot to you quickly. Um, your when your decision to implement DMARC came a little bit, came from a different motivation than Matt's. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how implementing DMARC helped your program? Yeah, so I mean, I'll, I'll echo what Matt said in the sense that that it is a best practice, but how we got there and kind of identified we need to do it was a little different. So when I joined Ergo, you know, our email program was suffering from poor deliverability fed by a poor reputation. So we went in and we did an audit and looked at really the foundation of the program, along with who was sending what and where it was coming from. We looked at our DNS records and saw that we were missing the basics, you know, the SPF, the DKIM, the DMARC records. So really that was step one was just getting that stuff in place so we could check the boxes that we had all of the best practices in place. So for me, it was a little bit less about protection and more about getting the basics in place, setting the stage for BIMI, because we had read when the initial announcements came out that having the DMARC policy in place was going to be a requirement. Mm. So getting that stuff in place was, was just the right thing to do. And again, in my opinion, 
it's kind of table stakes for, for any reputable center to have in place at this point. Agreed. And now mass rollout was very much orchestrated by his partner ESP. Knowing you did this in-house, what was the process and the struggles of implementing DMARC as a self-service model? What did you go through about how long did it take? So fairly quick on our side, you know, I made the decision of effort versus reward to not really spend a lot of time on the reporting side. So just as you know, getting the, the DNS record updated, making the text entries mm-hmm. is fairly quick. It's just making sure that you have the knowledge in place to make what is you know, a two minute change once you go in and edit the record. So being part of a smaller company, you know, a lot of us wear a lot of hats. So it wasn't so much file a ticket and ask somebody to do it as it was go out, figure out who on our side owns that DNS record or who has the ability to make the edits and then just uh, grab them and do it. So for us, it was really just a couple of hours one day that we went through and, and did all of our cleanup. Oh, that's great. And I know that you were very much in the weeds because you, know, you did all that research ahead of time You and you have a lot of experience in this field. So you already knew all the moving pieces and, and what needed to go together to make it work. However, um, and to really fast track your DMARC implementation. But for those that are new to DMARC or have little visibility into all of their mailing streams, I would add that monitoring is an important step. And I know Matt's partner did that for him. Um, it's I think you need to definitely make sure it's scheduled in unless you truly have a in-depth grasp of your mailing stream and everything that goes out related to your domain. Um, I think that if you don't do that, there is a chance that you could introduce delivery errors as you start to roll it out um, and you haven't done that monitoring steps because sometimes there's these gaps that you just didn't even know existed and all of a sudden you've got failures coming in. So it's better to spend a little extra time monitoring, make sure you're sound before you move to the next step. Yeah. Um, And I would agree. Sorry. I I would agree. I wouldn't recommend that everybody take the approach that I did, right? We are a little (laughs) bit smaller. I have visibility into everything. So I would Mm -hmm. absolutely agree that uh, for people that are new to this, the monitoring should be part of it. Excellent. So this question's um, for the both of you. The biggest struggle I often hear from clients are, well, who do I need to involve? I think that's with any DNS entry specifically um, when you get to DKIM, SPF, and then DMARC, like, but who do I bring in? And that's usually the, I'm not going any further because I don't know what to do next with this information. <laughs> so um, what teams did you loop in for DMARC and any advice on where to start if someone doesn't know who to loop in? Matt, I'm going to start with you. Sure. Uh, again, we were very lucky because we had a good partner um, from the ESP side. Uh, you know, I'm. I, I definitely. You know, I feel like between the three of us, we probably have decades of email experience. Uh, all of us talking, um, and it was the one area I just wasn't too familiar with. I just I knew about it. I just didn't know how to. I was that person who's like, I have no idea how to implement this. What do I need to do? I just need to. I know we need. To, we need it. Um, so I, you know, I just reached out to them, and they're like, we'll take care of it. They're like, we'll we'll handle it. We do this for all of our customers and our clients. So um, since it was a subdomain, it was delegated to them. They were able to really handle everything. Um, so it was relatively hands off for at least myself and also our internal team. So again, we were very lucky um, just to have a good partner to work with. That's awesome. And you just mentioned delegation. And mm-hmm. so that's something that uh, is available for clients that use providers is that you can, you don't have to delegate your organizational domain yep. to your provider. You can delegate a subdomain or even certain entries. So as long as you can get that first DNS entry in that says, 
go to our partner who's managing our entries, then they can do all the heavy lifting for you. Um, Ron, how about you? Well, as you know, I had the benefit of working closely with you for a couple of years, uh, many years. So I will never pass up the opportunity to say thank you for sharing your knowledge because I felt like I was in a really good position to understand what needed to be done. Um, you know, but there are a lot of resources out there. There are tools like MX Toolbox and Agari and DMartian and just a simple Google search of how do I update my DMARC record, right? Mm -hmm. it, it, again, it breaks it down into very simple steps, but for me, it was as simple as finding out from our IT department who had access to make the changes to our DNS record, who turned out to be the head of digital, who turned out to be the person that I report to. So this was a, a very quick exercise on my part. But again, I came to it with knowledge, knowing what I needed to do. But uh, I would recommend, again, some of those resources if, if somebody's starting at ground zero. Oh, that's awesome. You just make it seem so easy. Now that DMARC is in place for both your programs, we're going to talk about BIMI next because I think that's the next big hurdle. Um, man, I know you're just starting to Correct. get into BIMI. So I'm going to start with the same question I just asked for, for DMARC. Um, Matt, I'll start with you. Um, who have you pulled in that hasn't yet been involved? Have you added anyone new to the discussion? Yes, uh, this was also another question. I'm like, I don't know where to go. Uh, so <laughs> we worked a lot, obviously our ESP and um, I said that this is what we were interested in. That was always the ultimate goal is that we wanted DMARC, but we also wanted BIMI. That was super important to us. So um, once uh, we were at the final um, phase from a uh, DMARC perspective, um, they introduced us to uh, another company uh, in trust who actually is working with us to um, get that, uh, get everything implemented. Awesome. And Ron, how about you? So did a lot of reading early on when I think Gmail announced that they were going to be supporting this and implementing BIMI. Um, a lot of people were starting to put out emails and articles about what you need to do to prepare. One of the emails I got was from MailKit. So early on, I, uh, I opted in to be notified when the verified mark certificates became available so that we could jump on this fairly early. Um, I was reached out to from Jacob over at MailKit. We had a couple of discussions, get things in line. And I also reached out to somebody that you know in the industry, Al Iverson, who is a great resource and source of knowledge over the years. So uh, once we had everything in place there, when it came time to actually implement and we had gathered everything, then it just became a, a simple ticket request to, uh, to Salesforce Marketing Cloud, who was our ESP managing that domain. Excellent. So I'm going to pull up another slide really quick. I'm a visual person. So anything that can help me share visually the process is, is helpful. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> okay. So Ron and, and Matt, what we, you know, much of what is out there today on how to get BIMI up and going seems very simple. You get a logo, you get your VMC, you update your DM, DNS and bam you're set and ready to go. And if you don't know what a VMC is, by the way, it's a verified mark certificate. And this is an authorization. It's a little certificate you get um, that confirms the validity of the logo, who it belongs to, as well as which domains are allowed to use it. So it's just someone saying this logo is authentic and these domains are allowed to, to make use of it. So, you know, going back to the process, if you look at the steps, Technically, there's six if you look at, you know, putting DMARC in place, but we've got like about five steps here. 
But knowing what I know about the processes you guys are, are going through or have already gone through, there's a lot more in between the lines here. So now that you're all bimmied up, Ron, um, can you take us through the process that you went through and all the things that aren't necessarily listed here, as well as the general length of time it took to get you from start to finish? Yeah, I would say uh, it was a little more onerous than, than some of the other stuff because it's a little bit more involved than just making the changes to the DNS record, right? So we had our BIMI uh, record in place for Verizon and Yahoo when they first started supporting it, right? Theirs was pretty simple. They weren't requiring a verified mark certificate at that point. So it really was just uh, a DNS entry and getting the SVG or the image file in place. So when Gmail came out and said they were going to support it and they put out their list of requirements, there were a couple things that needed to be done. The first was changing the actual SVG to meet the new requirements. It seemed like from the time that we originally implemented to the time when Gmail decided to start supporting it and come out of beta, there were some changes to that image that needed to be done. And then the big one that you already mentioned was actually getting that verified mark certificate in place and then making the change to the DNS record, um, specifically the, I think it's called the assertion record mm -hmm. where you're changing the value of that A attribute. It's no longer pointing to quote self, but you're pointing to the URL where you're hosting. Mm -hmm. um, so really getting the VMC was, was the heaviest lift in the process, right? Mm -hmm. So to get it going, once you applied, you have to verify who you are, where you work, and provide two other points of contact that can also verify who you are and where you work. And they will reach out and they will make those contacts via email and or phone call as necessary. So once that's all done and verified and they're comfortable that at least on the surface you, you are who you say you are, um, we had to provide proof of our logo or our word mark with uh, registration to the US Patent and Trademark Office, provide that information to show that yes, we have trademarked this or wordmarked this image and it's ours to use and it does belong to us. So as you're kind of going through these things and the authentication process is going and they're making these calls and talking to everybody, I also had to jump on and do a virtual meeting with a third party ID verification company that they set up and managed for me. Once that was done, I actually had to meet in person with a notary who also verified my identity. So it, it was literally three steps at least of, are you who you say you are and are you authorized to do this on the company's behalf? So once all that was done, the paperwork was provided, we gave them our registration information for the word mark. Um, then it was fairly straightforward, right? They issued the VMC within 24 hours. We got it hosted. Um, again, I reached out to, to Al Iverson. We had a couple discussions because I knew that I would be an early adopter in terms of asking Salesforce Marketing Cloud to make these changes on our behalf. He knew that the team was going to be new to this, so we just wanted to make sure we had everything buttoned up. We put things in clearly, and, and we didn't run into any issues. Um, I think from that point, once the record was changed, it was about 24 hours. We started checking our, uh, our test messages and our seed messages in Gmail. And lo and behold, the pretty little logo started showing up. So I would say it was probably two to three weeks of elapsed time between starting the process, tracking down the registration information, setting up the third-party ID, meeting with the notary, getting the VMC getting the invoice paid so that they would actually issue it to us and, and get it up and running. So it was, it was nowhere near as quick 
or as hands-off as some of the other processes. But at the end of the day, you know, the logo shows up, it stands out right now because not a lot of people have it. So I think the, uh, the effort has definitely been worth it. That's awesome. And I pulled up a couple screen grabs of your beautiful Bimmied Up logo here in uh, webmail and mobile in Gmail. So this is the end result of all the hard work that you just went through. And that was definitely more than just a few steps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I say, you know, it's a, fortunately it's, it's a one-time kind of time investment other than just renewing the certificate year over year. So it, it's definitely worth a time investment in my opinion. Definitely. Um, so really quick, I, I want to go back to your process. Um, you, you did a, a really nice recap of everything you've, you've gone through. And I know you started this before Gmail, as you said, you, you kind of kicked it off because you knew Gmail was thinking about uh, adopting this as well. And Yahoo was a very early supporter of this initiative. And as of today, they still don't require a VMC. So without the VMC step, Vimy is in general, pretty fast process. I think the biggest uh, piece of that you would have struggled with was the assertion record that you mentioned and then getting that SVG graphic just right. Um, so other than that, I think it moved pretty quickly for you. And the VMC does add a lot more steps. And again, I think for someone who's just starting, even if you want to start without a VMC, just to get going, just make sure that SVG is accurate and your DNS record is correct. And in some cases, um, you may have to reach out for assistance at the providers or even your, your ESP provider, like, like Matt is doing as well. Um, keep in mind, though, the one thing I, I want you to keep in mind is just because you have your BIMI and DMARC records in place, reputation plays a big part in what happens to your mail, what's displayed of your mail. So the providers, they look at so much more than just DNS entries. So if you aren't being a responsible mailer, you may not get the BIMI benefit. So this really is first to reward senders who are authenticating properly and also have really strong reputation. So it's something to keep in mind. Um, one thing that is starting to be discussed around BIMI is do they want to expand this so that logos do not have to be trademarked? I don't know if that's going to happen, how long it will take for that to happen or, or anything along those lines. But it's something to keep in mind because there's a lot of different security concerns that you have when you're not trademarking a logo or, or getting it verified. So those are things that have to get worked out whether or not it's going to move forward. Plus, we have to see the adoption of other providers. So at this point, I would focus on getting that VMC uh, for the long haul. Uh, but it is something that may change as we go along. So, Matt, I want to go back to you for our last question. Uh, again, you're just exploring implementing BIMI right now. So knowing what Ron went through, what more have you learned so far from your onboarding discussions and, and how do you think some of the things may be different for you? Yeah, no, great question. So just like, uh, um, you know, the whole thing has been a journey, <laughs> learning everything. So BIMI especially, um, I'm like, you just put a logo up. I'm like, oh, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> uh, so, you know, as we ventured through it again, um, I think it, not that it, it made it more complex, but it did throw... Um, a few additional questions into the mix in terms of having multiple domains. So having our pretty litter domain at the the uh, the website level and the corporate level or the organizational level, and then from an email perspective, having pretty litter cats as our sending domain or subdomain that's um, being sent by our ESP. Um, you know, we wanted to know like you know how many do we need more than one VMC? Like, is that actually really important or is that even allowed? Um, so you know, obviously figuring that out was was a was a big 
part of it. And using a company like Entrust um, is, is going to help us, you know, kind of navigate through that, you know, we will be getting one for each domain. So a VMC for each domain. Um, and then, you know, we'll just have to go back and add it to the DMARC record on the organization level. So they're going to help us work through all of that. Um, again, I, I appreciate having a partner that uh, is going to be able to help us help us through it um, as, as I learn as we go. Um, but that was definitely for, for us. It was just, it was a little confusing because I didn't know where where to even look from a from a BIMI perspective because again I thought I'm like just put a logo on it's great um, but there's it, it's a journey uh, and I think it's really important it's a really important journey and to your point Jen um, you know who who knows how this is going to develop if it's going to be you know I, I like that it has to be trademarked I like you know that definitely has a nice level of protection um, so you can't just put any logo up there and you know you know uh, um, you know, companies that may not have a, a good sending re reputation um, can just, you know, be using, you know, maybe other people's logos. So um, who knows where that could potentially go. So I think that that was an excellent point in terms of, you know, how this is going to expand. But um, yeah, definitely continuing to learn, especially now that we're in the, the BIMI phase of, of this. Definitely. And you, you bring up a, a good point when you're questioning, like, what do we need to do? How many BMCs do we need? So and we discussed this prior to this call. So I did a little bit of research as well, and I made a couple more visuals. So I'm going to pull them up as well. So here's a, a visual just to go through a little bit of the differences. I know it doesn't cover everything, but the main differences, what you have here isn't so much about the idea or theory of BIMI. You still need DMARC on the organizational level. You still need a BIMI record, but I wanted to point out the VMCs specifically because it came up in conversation, uh, Matt, with you. I spoke with Jacob from Notameek, which is a service specifically designed to help brands implement BIMI. And he is he was Ron's contact from MailKit, actually. So he helped clarify some of the differences because I heard that it was implemented differently. And so when I heard the two VMCs, I got a little confused. So I, I confirmed with him that one, regardless of certificate authority that you're using. So you're using Entrust. There's another one, DigiCert. Um, when you post BIMI and the VMC at the domain, or you can call organizational domain level, it does flow down to all subdomains. So if you have prelitter.com, uh, every subdomain underneath it will be covered by that one VMC. However, when you start thinking about posting BIMI on individual subdomains or domains, so in this case, you know, here's two visuals, that's where things start to differ a little bit. So Entrust, for example, they're a little more affordable. They offer VMCs. It's a one-to-one -one relationship for them. So you get a VMC per domain and per logo. So that means that if you have four domains, you get four VMCs. Uh, if you have one domain, but then maybe three subdomains and you want BIMI on all three subdomains, you'd need a VMC for all three subdomains. So it's a one-to-one -one relationship there. Again, VMCs are authorizing the, you have your logo and then you're authorizing who can use this. So this is a little different interpretation and output of how they're doing it. But still, no matter what, your DMARC has to be on top, but then what you're buying for VMCs will differ. And if you have a unique, for every unique VMC means you also need a unique BIMI record to go with it. Digicert is a little bit different in the sense that um, you could have one VMC and then you could cover multiple domains within it. It's, it would be called, I think, a multi-SAN VMC, kind of like a multi-SAN SSL, in that, again, it's one logo, but you're authorizing multiple domains or subdomains to use it and allows, gives you a little bit of flexibility on 
the coverage that you have, what you wanna include and what you wanna exclude from it. So that's one thing that's very interesting, but they are more expensive. So really depending on what your company needs are, will determine which partner you wanna go with and how you wanna roll this out. But they're both really great. Again, if you're at the organizational level, it'll roll down to all subdomains. Uh, one thing to keep in mind though, is for every unique logo that you have, you do need a unique VMC. So it's the VMC is for one logo and all domains that it covers. As soon as you have more, you need more VMCs to go with it. So that's one thing I, I, I learned a lot more of the detail and the nuance after talking with you, Matt, and doing a little bit of research is that the certificate authority can change your approach. And that's something to another question to add to your list mm -hmm. and planning steps when you start to put this together in terms of what you want to set aside for VMCs and what you want to set aside for your uh, BIMI records. So again, this can get very complicated, especially when you add in all the other layers. So this is my last visual. And again, because everything can be very complex, it's very complicated depending how you look at it. But I think this is a nice little summary just to summarize what you want to have in your DNS, at least at the end of the day. So again, regardless of certificate authority and the number of VMCs that you uh, have to purchase or, or would like to purchase, DMARC has to be an enforcement at the organizational level. That's no matter what. You can have DMARC on your subdomains and that way you can have different policies and they indicate different things to providers. But no matter what, for BIMI, you have to have it at least at the top level and it covers everything below it. BIMI and the associated VMC can be posted on that same organizational level so it flows down, or you can post it on subdomain levels as well, especially if you have different logos for each subdomain or however you want to implement BIMI going forward, what you want covered and what you don't. But at a, at a recommendation level, I'd put it at the top so you don't have to worry about it and everything's covered afterwards. So those are my visuals. Thank you, guys for entertaining me there. I think this has been great. There's been a lot of information here. You guys have a lot of learning and education that you have gone through through your process. And I know, Matt, I'm excited for when you get it rolled out. I can't wait to see it. Rana was excited when you shared it. Um, when you went live with it, that was really exciting. And I think, you know, coming from a production environment, it's always great to see it live, um, to see all that hard work, the fruits of your labors come out. So again, thank you. Uh, I feel like what we've discussed today were a lot of the pulling the curtain back and showing like what's happening behind the scenes. And I think it's really helpful for those who are going through this for the first time and all these things that they probably didn't even think that they had to pull together. Um, the notary, get, you know, showing your ID and getting on all these calls, all these things. I had no idea you had to go through all those steps just to get your logo <laughs> on your email. So again, thank you guys both for joining me today to discuss uh, DMARC and BIMI and getting you to enforcement and rolling it out. Uh, Amelia Earhart said, preparation, I have often said, is rightly two thirds of any venture. So I think all the prep that you're putting into your, your rollout really does you know, take up the majority of your time. Um, again, thank you for joining us. And thanks to all that took the time to sit with us as we went through lessons learned implementing DMARC and BIMI with Ron from Ergo and Matt from Pretty Litter. If you have a story to tell, feel free to let us know. You can reach out to myself or the Kickbox team on Twitter. Hope you have a great day. Bye-bye. Thanks, Jen. Thanks.